0: Welcome to the Atlanta football party, your home for the best Falcons football talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else but right here on Locked On. I am your host, Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me are Jarvis Davis, Aaron Freeman, and Tori McElhaney. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Well, team! It's a party! It's a party! It's a party! <laughs> the Falcons get a W. A 21-19 win over the Texans to improve to 3-2 and two on the season. But listen, there's so much to get into, so much good to get into this week versus, say, last week. So let's get into it with the top three takeaways with J.D. Free and Tori. Start with you, Jarvis. Your top giveaway, or takeaway rather, no giveaways this time around. The final stats on the ground don't actually tell the story.
1: Yeah, like if 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 I didn't know the, the outcome of this game and I just went by and looked at the stats for an Arthur Smith led team and I saw that you know you had 31 carries for under a hundred yards from your running backs and you're just like, uh excuse me, uh what? yeah, how did they how do they win this game? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Because it just and, and then then I kind of scroll on up and you go to what um uh, what uh, Desmond Ritter ended up with, with threw ball thirty-seven times. What? And they won of they won the game, and he was efficient. He had twenty-eight completions. He had a touchdown throw, threw a touchdown. He ran for a touchdown. No turnovers. That that would be the ideal situation. That's what Arthur Smith kind of, and we kind of talked about it. It's on the postcast too. That like that is the ideal situation when. Arthur Smith was coming coming up with a vision for his team, and they were sitting in that doggone uh, boardroom and trying to figure out if they're going to take Desmond Ritter or not. They said, you know what? We can get this guy, get him to distribute the ball like like, like a point guard. I love that uh, analogy that um Aaron used on on the postcast. If you can just distribute the ball, get him about 10, 12 assists a game, you know, and, and get, that, get those players into the end zone and get that running game going, that would be absolutely perfect. And that's what we saw for him to be able to come down there with less than two minutes left in the game, to, for him to kind of take that, march that ball down the field, it was just, it was a beautiful sight to see. So, yeah, yeah, the running game did not tell the story, and I really feel like Desmond Ritter, he wrote that mug on Sunday. Yeah.
0: yeah, I feel like Des Ritter got rid of his distractors on some level, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but Tori, what do you think? Yeah, no, I just
2: wanted to make a point about that real quick because it's not just the fact that Dez, I think, had the production that he did, but it was the way that that production happened in the pass game, the fact that 11 different guys, if you include (sighs) Tyler Algiers' two-point conversion conversion catch, 11 different pass catchers for the Falcons on Sunday and that is exactly what I feel like we have been hearing from guys since OTAs that they want to be a team. Arthur Smith talks about this whole concept of positionless football and you mm-hmm. had running backs, receivers, tight ends and your fullback, can't forget Keith Smith and Keith that, Smith, yeah. that, that <laughs> yeah yard catcher or, or whatever it was, one of the best I think thrown balls Desmond had, had all day. Mm-hmm. All of these guys were involved. Almost every guy you had an opportunity to throw the ball to had a catch. So that, that to me just speaks, I think, to not only the progress that we've seen, but let, let's not overlook the way that Desmond Ernest is kind of coming into his own within the scheme and what he's being asked to do by Arthur Smith. Because going back to what Jarvis was saying, this is exactly what this team wants to be in the pass game where they are using every weapon at their disposal. Uh, So I wanted to add that for sure. No, no, no. I
0: love it. I love it because that was one of the things that when we talked on postcast last night, like I kept looking back and double checking because I said, I think that this literally says 10, you know, technically, but like you said, the 11th with the two point conversion. And I was like, that is one of those sneaky good stats that as the year wears on is going to really, really show itself to be in the Falcons favor because When they talk about, like you said, the positionless football, but also when they talk about having multiple weapons, we finally really started to see it come into fruition and and see it on display. And Aaron, that's why you're able to then see play action pass, play action work. Yeah,
3: Yeah, because, you know, Jarvis talking about the run game not working and. I think a lot of people assume, well, you got to run the football in order to open up the play action. And, you know, the Falcons were committed to running the football, but it wasn't really that effective. But it did help them open up their play action passing game. Uh, Desmond Ritter, according to Pro Football Focus, was 10 for 11 for 163 yards this week, just off play action passes. I looked mm-hmm. it up, and if you look at their 10 longest plays, all 16-plus yard gains, six of those came off of play action. You saw some to the Kyle sure. Pitts, Mac Hollins, Keith Smith, Johnu Smith, Michael Pruitt, Drake London. So that is another testament of them spreading the ball around. And yeah. this was the first week that the play action really worked. Right. Because like prior to this week, like if you look at the, the PFF numbers for the play action, like Desmond Ritter was like bottom five when you looked at like the grade off of play action and then like his yards per attempt off of play action. So they were not able to generate really any explosive plays. And that was one of the issues that this offense and this passing offense was having in the first month of the season. But this week, Desmond Ritter was the number two highest graded uh, play action passer, only behind Lamar Jackson with like an over ninety grade, and he was number three in yards per attempt off of play action with fourteen point eight. And you go back to what Ryan Tannehill did in his breakout year in twenty nineteen, in that first year where Arthur Smith was calling the plays, and I think he averaged over like thirteen yards per attempt on play action, which is a really high number because like usually if you go back and look at like Matt Ryan, like he was only averaging like nine or so yards per attempt. So. That number is like, I think, exactly what this Arthur Smith offense wants to be. We're talking about distributing the football to multiple playmakers and being able to get those intermediate and and vertical gains for chunk yardage off of the play action. And even when the running game isn't working, if you can do that in the passing game, it will balance things out and, and allow this offense to get in positions to succeed.
0: Yeah, and all you have to do is have it be respectable. I mean, if you can hover around that two point eight three yards per carry situation, I think that's you're you're good to go. Obviously, the optimal would be somewhere in the four and a half five uh, yards per carry range, but again, it was just about keeping the Texans honest. Because once you were able to keep them honest, then you kept them on their toes. Just like the trickery that we saw, like, I absolutely loved it. I was like, look at Drake London. Like, this is not a nine to five the way we would expect to see it, but it worked. And I loved it. And I think it's because, Tori, you gave the perfect verbiage. I'm not going to even like try to say it the way you did. I just want to call it trust because it's about trust on offense. It's about trust on defense. It's about trust the process, but it's your word. It's about trust.
2: Yeah, I think for for everything that we've been talking about, we've been talking a lot about this offense and and for good reason, too, yeah. because this is the first time that even though they didn't have, I think, the overall production that they wanted, I think because of those two fumbles, you feel different differently about those drives that they were putting together that kind of led up to that point. And so mm-hmm. for me, when I'm looking at this game, I'm also trying to look at this game through the lens of the defense. And this was something that I talked about post-game and also, it, it not just in what I wrote post game, but also just in our own podcast in house. But like when I'm looking at this game, particularly from a minute 49 until the yeah. end of the very game, that very, very last drive, I'm honestly looking at that drive through the lens of this defense. This mm-hmm. defense has been as good as a defense has been in Atlanta for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we've talked about this now for four weeks. It, it, we feel like there, there is something special with this defense, even though sack mm-hmm. numbers aren't there, even though maybe turnovers aren't there, this is a defense that shows up and makes a play. Yeah. Now, that is not something we've necessarily felt from this offense after chance and chance and chance that they've had from the defense coming up with a, a third down stop and giving the ball back to them there hasn't been offensive answers to reward defensive stops up to this point, especially in those two losses against uh, Detroit and Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. So when the Falcons get the ball back and they are down by one and they have to go win this game, if I'm the defense, I'm like, look, like we just gave a touch, gave up a touchdown. That's on us. We didn't want to do that, but like, let's put our trust in. We trust you guys to go win this game for us. And this was the first time that I felt like that trust like that there was a moment where I can kind of point to where it's like that's a moment that built trust between units because yeah. the, the offense did what they needed to do. And they they had the back of their the back of their defense for, for yeah. maybe the first time in what feels like a long time. And even Drake London said in post game locker room, it's like, you know, we feel like as an offense to a certain extent, like we have let down the defense a little bit. Mm-hmm. But to go out there and put this drive together, even though it ended in a field goal and maybe not, you know, a touchdown, it's still one them the game. It doesn't matter yeah. five for five on that drive. Like mm-hmm. this is all important in the sense of building trust and camaraderie between units that, hey, y'all got our back. We got yours. We can go out and get and, and win this game for us.
0: Yeah. And to see him, and and I think in addition to those uh, five for five, you know, going five for five on that drive, I think it was the fact that, you know, the wealth, it was like spread the wealth on it as well. But yeah, I, I wanted to go back to something I, I know I mentioned, I was going to talk about it at the top of the segment, but to wrap up the segment, I still want to hit on it because we've all been covering the Falcons for a number of years. And we have seen moments in time where you've gone into the bends or previously the Georgia Dome and felt like, yep, this ain't it. And yesterday, even after that touchdown, I will admit, I paused for a moment. I was like, darn, that's a wow. That's a kind of a bummer because, you know, the defense has played a stellar game. But I will be honest, I never thought that the Falcons were out of it either. I always thought there was an opportunity that they were going to put a drive together. And I think that's important that you mentioned Tory as well, because it was a game winning drive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that it was not, that it didn't result into a touchdown, because let's just face it, they could have. They were deep enough and they were in the low red zone. They could have gone for a touchdown. It would have been fine. But to me, I think it's more of the setup of the mindset of, okay, we can trust these guys to drive down the field and win a game for us. I think that's a critical piece. And then to see what happened in the stadium, like they they figured out, hey, today we're the 12th man and we're going to do our job. I thought that was excellent as well. So, yeah, just an all around effort on the field, on the sidelines, in the stands yesterday uh, for the 21-19 win. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more when we come back about nine because there's some excitement about nine, but also we're going to talk a little bit about if we're concerned about protection for nine. But before we get into that conversation, Jarvis is going to tell us a little bit about FanDuel.
1: Folks, listen up. Jarvis Davis here for FanDuel. I got something to tell you. all For all you new customers, yes, all the people who haven't gone to FanDuel just yet. I've been talking about it for a very long time. If you hadn't gone, I'm starting to wonder about you and your decision-making in life. So here's what I need you to do. It's new customers, you're gonna get $200 in bonus bets. Yes, I said that. Guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Guess what you use the bonus bets for? You can bet on the spreads, the money lines, the over-unders, the props, all that good stuff. I'm telling you, it's all the good information right there just for you. FanDuel is, is safe, secure, super easy to use, and you don't have to worry about anybody getting your information. So you, all you got to do is just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Yes, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. I'm telling you, the Falcons at home are guaranteed your money, man. Go ahead and jump that bad boy off. Now You still chance you lose, but hey, but it's a good deal to bet on the Falcons at home. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season because FanDuel is the official sportsbook betting partner of the nfl all
0: right guys this is definitely a week of excitement because we're having a conversation where we're leaning more into being confident versus being concerned that's what we always talk about in our deep dive if we have a space there and listen we've got one confident we've got one concern but listen if you want to add any more please chime in because this is a week where I think we can all agree. There's a lot to be confident about. So t- started talking about Des Ritter in the previous segment, talking about how, Hey, this could arguably be his best game is a Falcon going 28 to 37, 329 yards, one passing touchdown, another one on the ground, no picks. And when you put that together, Performance-wise, you only had six quarterbacks to do it, right? Six quarterback performances. Matt Ryan had half of them, but Bobby Hebert had uh, one as well as Chris Chandler. And now you're putting Des Ritter in that conversation as well. So I think that's pretty rare air, if you will, as far as the Falcons franchise goes. But I wonder, Tori, if it's rare air enough such that we can have confidence that Des's performance is a sign that he's turning the corner.
2: Yeah, I think that's the hope, right? Like, that's the hope that this was a moment that we can look back on and maybe at the end of the season be like, the Texans game, it really changed things for how we view this offense and how we view Desmond Ritter as the leader of this offense. And so I think that's, that's the hope. You want to be able to look at this game, and especially in the context, okay, you got the Washington Commanders coming in next week can the Falcons recreate what kind of they had in terms of offensive production and can they build upon that? Because going back to what I was saying before, it's like we can talk about Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter all day long, but at the end of the day, the Falcons offense still needs more production to kind of help itself feel a little bit better about moving in the right direction. I think we're having, we're taking steps in that direction for sure. And I think, there was a huge question mark, I think, about the pressure that was on Desmond Ritter in the in the week leading up to this game against the Texans. There was a lot of questions surrounding him and his status as QB1. And I think he answered it in the context of those four quarters. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you can put this team on my back, and, and even if the run game's not working, even if they're selling out for the run and they're making me throw it, I'm going to go hit Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and we're going to do some things. And And this is going to be an exciting offense. Now, mm-hmm. does that translate beyond the scope of those four quarters that we just saw happen. And I think that's where that's where the question is because yeah. if I'm just going off of what these four quarters are, it's like, yeah, i'm I'm definitely confident that that this is a team that's on on the up and up again and you take away those two fumbles and maybe we're looking at a much different score anyways. but there there are still areas that it's like, okay, when the Falcons get, or, or when the Texans jump off sides and they get encroachment calls, there, there wasn't a lot of answers from the Falcons after those calls. So mm-hmm. how do you capitalize on mistakes made by the defense? These are all things that you want to see them take steps in the right direction. So mm-hmm. looking ahead, it's like, if you can show me that you can do this consistently, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I'm going to be confident because actions speak louder than words.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, and Aaron, I'm I will
2: say,
1: I was just going. Just want to add to what, kind of what Tori was saying, T. The, um, the the whole the, the relationship between Kyle Pitts and, and Desmond Ritter. I feel like has been coming to a lot of questions, right? To the point where we're questioning whether or not uh, Kyle Pitts is healthy. Healthy, excuse me. And I really feel like this is this that relationship that they have, that that rapport that they have. I feel it's starting to really build. I think there's some trust there now too, because here's the thing, like. Yeah, is Kyle Pitts the guy that he came in as a rookie? You know, running a four four, a sub four four, a four four speed, four forty coming out. I don't think so. But I think that you know it takes a couple of years for you to come off those injuries to come back to be fully, fully healthy and who you were before, if not even better. You know, given it all, all of the research now. But I think that Kyle, the how Arthur Smith is is positioning him now. I think that's what helped Desmond Ritter in that relationship because. A lot. If you look at it, some, going back and looking at all the completions to Kyle Pitts in the last couple of games, he's been lined up in either in the slot or he's been in line next to that tackle. And I think that you know that kind of gives you a different type of report with lining up on the X and the Z on the corner. Like he doesn't have that yet. I don't feel like he's in a space where he can win those matchups on the outside. So you move him down. You move him closer to the to that line of scrimmage even line him up at, as, a, as a tight end, who he is, what his position is, and I think that that's what made the reads a lot easier because when you have a 6'6 guy, 230 pounds, rumbling down there, it's easy for him to kind of channel, channel that thing down, sit down in those zones, and you put the ball right on him, and, and mm-hmm. you can average what 12 yards a pop will like he did and lead the team in, in receptions like he did on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Aaron, I think one of the things that will also add to that chemistry and just that confidence and that comfort is being home again. So I think that one of the things that could make you more confident that Dez is able to maybe build on what we saw this week is what we'll see next week because he's home again. 31-0 and 0 is not exactly a fluke number, especially if 5-0 of that is with the Falcons themselves at the bend. So I don't know about you, but whether or not that's manufactured confidence because he's at home or not, I loved it. I think it's actually beneficial to both Desmond Ritter and the Falcons that they do have another home game right before he has to go back on the the the, the road because it gives him an opportunity to get that much more confidence, that much more wear them all that comfort for when he goes back into another hostile environment.
3: Yeah, I, I think what Tori said is you know it'll be interesting you know a month or two from now what we're looking back at this point as sort of the turning point the seminal, yeah. in the season. Yeah. And I, I think you're right, Tadis, like getting another home game where Desmond Ritter has been mostly good, right? Uh, you know, things are were in the first two weeks were a little shaky in the first three quarters, but like in the fourth quarter when they needed him to make the plays that he needed to win the game, he made the plays. And we saw that again on Sunday he, and he took, he made progress in the first three quarters, right? Um, and so you want to see that build to see, you know, good Desmond Ritter in the first three quarters and continue to do that <laughs> in the fourth quarter. But even if he does that next week, we're still going to have that question about, well, now you got to do it on the road. Right. And so, yeah. like, I think it's just kind of like stacking days. You, you hear it all the time in training camp. He's like, you just got to stack days. And like, it's now with Desmond Ritter, you just got to have to stack games. And like, yeah. I feel much more confident about Desmond Ritter at home. I'm still, you know, Don't know about Desmond on the road, but I do think if he can start to put together two games in a row, then it makes you feel a little better. Okay, well, when they go back on the road, maybe that that can be three games in a row. And if he does that, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, something's really, you know, moving in the right direction for this team.
0: Yeah, that means that you're seeing that true growth and not just maybe within a particular vacuum. But yeah, until that time, Aaron, I'm just going to call him 404 dez and four quarter Des <laughs> until further notice. But anyway, you talk about a comfort zone as well. Obviously, there's pretty much a comfort zone with the run protection that the Falcons O-line provides, particularly Caleb McGarry. Obviously, that's a stronger suit than maybe his uh, pass protection. Although, we got to give it to the O-line and really all of the protection overall that Desmond Ritter received yesterday. But we did have a little moment of hesitation, right, Uh, yesterday when Caleb McGarry went down with a knee injury. Now, he was on the bike, and, you know, we talked to Tori uh, pre-show just to kind of confirm with her being out at Flowery today that, hey, we don't think that there's going to be anything long-term that's going to be an issue. But I will ask kind of two questions, Tori. A, if it turns out to be something long-term, then is it a Storm Norton? Like, is he going to be okay? Or do you feel like the Falcons are going to have to kind of go out and find somebody to replace him? And B, what did you make of Caleb McGarry and the O-line's performance before he went out? Is there concern in both of those areas, confidence, confidence? Kind of. What, what were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think for me, it's funny because as the game went on, I didn't realize how significant like protection was for this team on Sunday. I mm-hmm. it's one of those things that if you don't notice it, that's probably a good thing. Like if you don't yes. it's like when it comes, all your names called, that's right? Good yeah, thing. it's like if, oh you're not, if you're not talking about the offensive line, line it's probably a good thing. Like and mm-hmm. so I, I really do think that when when Storm Norton came in for. Kayla McGarry I didn't necessarily notice a huge difference, and I think that's a good that's a good thing for someone like Storm Norton and as well as like moving forward if Kayla McGarry is according to what happens with him like still feeling like okay we have depth like and and then that was something that I didn't necessarily feel like when Kayla McGarry is like okay Kayla McGarry is questionable with a knee injury yeah That tackle spot was a spot that I'm looking at on the depth chart, and I'm like, I don't know how much depth is there, but I didn't necessarily think that Storm Norton didn't perform well. I actually thought he did pretty well. I mean, again, sack numbers don't necessarily tell the whole story. You can look at this Falcons defense and understand that. like, They don't have the sack numbers right now, but they sure as heck are are affecting the quarterback. But for me, it's, it, it also goes along to, like, Desmond Ritter's, like, comfort in this game, too. I think he was getting the ball out really well. I think he was seeing yeah. the routes really well. I think timing was really good. I mean, all of those things go along with protection. So, for me, I'm not overly concerned at this point right now, considering how I felt like they looked on Sunday.
0: Yeah. I would agree. I think that and there were moments in time like there was this one rollout that Des Ritter did. And I was like, yeah. And I saw like one or two seconds of patience, just enough for his pass catcher to get open. So, yeah, if you see things like that with your quarterback, that growth that we're all talking about, it does make you less concerned about the Caleb McGarry injury should it turn out to be something that is I don't want to say long term tory because right. I trust what we're being told but if it's something to where hey but he does have to sit out a game at least you feel comfortable and confident that Storm Norton and really that um, offensive collective can be what Des Ritter needs them to be come Sunday. So yeah, also, I think.
2: Great name, Storm Morton. Love no, that. Really.
0: Stormed <laughs> in and did his thing. I know. Didn't want to be corny. I was trying so hard not to be corny. But anyway, again, we are always excited when we can deep dive and, Instead of having more concerns, we actually have more confidence. So, listen, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about who got next. Rapid Fire style right here on the Atlanta Football Party. But first, Jarvis is going to tell us all about Jace Medical.
1: Folks, listen up. Jarvis here for JaceMedical.com. How about this, guys? Let me tell y'all something. I have kids. So, you know, sometimes the kids get a little sick. You know, it's it's that time of year, Coughing. (coughs) All that stuff going on and everything like that. How about this? Don't get caught unprepared because everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Because I know I love my babies. Oh, I hate to see them sick like that. I promise you, I do. I really do. So, you know, Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So, here's what you need to do Jace Care provides five life saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes is to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of our board certified physicians. So yes, people, make sure you go to jacemedical.com and guess what? All you got to use to do is use the promo code locked on for $20 off. So give yourself some peace of mind with a Jace case and go to jacemedical.com, enter the promo code locked on for $20 off.
0: Seems like a cool deal. Seems like a cool deal because, hey, we're always on the move, each and every one of us. So it's nice to know that we can have something that might help us out in a pinch. But, yeah, let's talk about speaking of someone in a pinch, the Commanders. All right. They're coming into this Sunday's game, swooning three straight losses. Guys, rapid fire. How do the Falcons handle Washington and hand them their fourth loss in a row? Ooh,
1: uh, dare I say, (laughs) May be, I may be jumping to conclusions here a little bit too fast, but throw the football because the <laughs> Chicago Bears offense has been awful. Yes. And they and Justin Fields looked like doggone Peyton Manning out there. He was slinging the ball all around the yard. Everybody was open. And yes. Washington Moore was just having a game <laughs> <his life>. Emmanuel <laughs> Forbes, like yeah, like everybody. Like Bears fans were starting to say, "Hey, yeah, man, let's keep Justin. Let's keep him going. Fire the coach, but let's keep Justin." Like, like I'm talking about. They are changing lives. The Washington <laughs> Commanders defense out there. So I think that you know coming into this game, I feel like you know the falcons may be able to take advantage of that passing game because that's essentially that's what they were able to do with against the Houston Texans because they're not the best team as far as from a coverage standpoint but because those guys were selling out against the run. Like what D'Amico Ryans was saying, he must show them videos of like, you're not going to run the football (laughs) on us. Like over and over and over again, because those guys were jumping off sides, trying to get there, man. So you just saw the aggressiveness in that. So, and I think that the Falcons need to be able to take advantage of, like Aaron mentioned, in that play action. So I really feel like, hey, coming to this game saying, yeah, we want to run the football and all that good stuff, but hey, if we see that they're 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 going to be susceptible to the past that like we used to them seeing in that space, I promise you, Arthur Smith needs to take advantage of that guy.
0: I would agree. I would agree. Now, listen, Aaron, we can say take advantage of the, the those uh, those guys for for Washington, and I tell you that R word almost came out, Commanders, not the R word, Commanders. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but also I think that going Aaron going back to something that Tory said. Yes, we would absolutely love to see our the pressure result in a defensive, and that can be anybody, front seven, line, eight, whatever. But you would expect them, a hope for them to get home. However, if they bring pressure, Sam Howell gets shook real fast, and that's kind of the thing that when I pulled away from the Thursday game because at some point you just got to turn it off, right? But when I pulled away, I thought ahead. I'll be honest and said, hmm. I think there are going to be some cooking, some folks getting home when they come here in two weeks. So I kind of got excited about the game. But anyway, that said, we're always still saying there's one guy who needs to step up. Who's the guy who's going to be able to step up? We talked offense, like Tori said. What about defense? Who's the guy on defense that you're like, all right, step up. Time to make time to get get paid. Time to make some money.
3: Yeah, I think whoever's going to cover Terry McLaurin is is going to be the guy. Right, because like I know, because I got Terry McLaurin on, on one of my fantasy teams. I know he's not putting up the numbers <laughs> that I would like him to put up, and I hope that continues another week. But like he is a dangerous player. He has given the Falcons a lot of fits the last couple of times <sighs> yes. we've played Washington. That you know, fortunately, yes. we got the half of the connection, the Taylor Heineke connection here in Atlanta. Yes. So hopefully, it kind of derailed that a little bit. And and Sam Howell hasn't built that connection with Terry McLaurin quite yet. And hopefully, that continues this week. And, you know, I, I, we, we've seen AJ Terrell really do a great job um, this season, even though, you know, there's been a, a couple of hiccups here or there. Um, but this is a really good matchup. I, w- I would kind of love to see the Falcons shadow Terry McLaurin with AJ Terrell. We, we really haven't seen it the last couple of times, and it's been to the Falcons' detriment, I, I think, in a lot of ways. So I, I think if he can sort of lock down Terry McLaurin, um, that will go a long way to really keeping – Uh, a lid on this Washington offense.
0: Yeah. And hopefully we get him back healthy because that was a scary moment in the game yesterday afternoon. But yeah, hopefully you get a a healthy AJ Terrell on McLaurin. And and yeah, I think we might be hitting pay dirt. Now, speaking of hitting pay dirt, the NFL has hit pay dirt with Taylor Swift. So yeah, Jarvis, you're going to have to wrap us up with a little Taylor Swift commentary. So (laughs) Donna Kelsey is shaking it off. Speaking of, right. Because there's been all this attention, On the Kelsey boys, particularly Travis Kelsey, and if he is or is not attached to Taylor Swift and how. So now some hateration is coming forward where people are starting to say they're tired of the Kelsey's, especially if they're really into, of course, their other teams. Right. And she said, hey, why wouldn't we capitalize? Why wouldn't the NFL capitalize? It's all good. Are you still good with this or are you one of those people who's like, you know what? I'm really sick of this. I'm really tired of the Kelsey's. I'm tired of the Swifties. I am just
1: tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, like, I don't really care, to be honest with you. Like, because okay. the football games are still being played. Like, it's all good. But the the the, the main thing for me, though, you know, because, you know, from a male perspective now, she done met the mama. Like, when you meet mama, oh, God. it better be real. Did I'm she sorry. really like, meet her? Because I can literally count on one hand how many women have met my mother, like you know what I'm saying. You know I was you know used to do my thing back in the day, so you know you don't bring too many. You know hey, don't, don't, don't don't duck your head on me. Don't, don't duck your head on me, Tori. Don't do me like that.
2: <laughs> i just <laughing>. it's hilarious.
1: <laughs> so let, me, let me get to my point so I can stop talking this shit up. But yeah, I think I think that you know I just hope it's real because like you don't just bring anybody home to mama like. She kicking with mom in the suite and stuff like that. As long as this is genuinely trying to hang out, turn into a relationship and all, they ain't got to get married or nothing like that. But if y'all having a nice relationship for a nice little six months to a year or something like that, I'm cool with it. But if this was kind of like for a song and dance and, you know, sell some albums or something like that, like that's when I have an issue with it. But, but other than there's that though, no
0: pretty- song and dance that Taylor Swift, or Beyonce for that matter. But anyway, that Taylor Swift has to oh, God, ever do to sell an album. Like Taylor Swift is the truth, truth, point blank, period. She never has to do that. But I love Donna Kelsey's response to the quote unquote haters, if you will. She said, you know what? It doesn't matter because people are going to be either jealous or tired of it or whatever. They can make whatever comments they want because guess whose opinion matters? Mine. <laughs> They get it from their mama because if you know those Kelsey boys, they are a little bit saucy as well. Listen, we appreciate you guys stopping by this Atlanta football party. But why stop here? You can come back tomorrow. We'll have another Atlanta football party where we are talking dogs. And don't forget, you can check out any and all of our parties on the Locked On Sports Atlanta Network wherever you get your podcast, For Tori, Aaron, Jarvis, I am Tanitra, and we will see you guys next week. And we're just going to go ahead and claim it. We'll have another it's a party situation because it's going to be a dub in the bins come Sunday. Be safe.